Get your shine box. I'm Tristan Ham, and I'm with my brother, Chris Ham. Hola. My Spanish brother, Chris Ham. That's it. Uh, really drawing from your Latino roots, Latinx roots. With, thank you. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. I would like uh, proper terminology. <laughs> well, that's it. You know what? I am, uh, if anything, uh, a person who is very, very tuned into uh, D. I E D E I. Sorry, D E I. What is that? Oh, this. You know what? This is not a podcast. This is an intervention. <laughs> oh, good. So D E I. So I started off doing a Spanish voice, yeah. and now this is really where this has taken us to. Well, you know what? This is a good through road. This is a good through road to finally address this. Uh, so D E I is uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, yes, which um, you know is is a is a way to really recognize diversity to uh, understand how we are allies uh, to create equity and how to instill inclusion in everything. That was like a stupid like. Narc, like a drug enforcement idiot. <laughs> <Stupid> like, <narc. laughs> is that the drug they use on Robocop 2? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Could have been. I think so. The DEI is really, we're out getting those guys hunted down. It's so. kicking in. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Robocop 2, holy. Yeah, there's that, one. There's that's a, a chestnut. We're not, talk, we're not polishing that one. Oh, we got to polish that turd. That's I, I would rather go Robocop 1 if we had to make Well, obviously. I yeah. mean, that's that's amazing. And um, yeah, and not to diverge too much, but I, I was just watching another uh, a YouTube video about uh, farce. They were exploring the best farce. Oh. And they were saying like Robocop is really like some of the best farce that has ever been created. Interesting. How'd they land on that? Uh, well, because it it is, uh, very much so a commentary by uh, Paul uh, on Verhoeven on the oh no oh no your DEI is already falling apart is fluctuating oh no <laughs> you're not included anymore buddy damn it no but it's a commentary on capitalism on um, corporate intervention it, on and it's really interesting because it's about um, in how how uh, the police state is being well overfunded and well uh, oh, directed no. and stuff. How topical. I know, it, it does actually. Defund the police. <laughs> it does have a lot of roots in what's happening nowadays. That's, which that's is... interesting. It seemed like a lot of guys really had some social commentary to make. Like, yeah. you know, we've talked about They Live. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, here's another one, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting that they would, you know, hated capitalism, really yeah. pointing the finger at the greed and stuff. And I think, you know, considering where people were in the 60s, right? Like, yeah. you know, a lot of screw the man and hippie culture was kind of like that lead. They have such a pendulum swing into the 80s where it's like, I got to work 200 hours a week. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the Can bro I mentality. Stacking the shoulder pads, like just sure. trying to get it up there. So, oh, and, and just like the excess. Yeah. You know, so. Counterculture is funny that way, right? Like, especially funny. if you are. Um, part of that system, like you're in Hollywood, yeah. you're not really outside, kind of. But I mean, if you can use your vehicle as a way to make, you know, a critique or to kind sure. of poke at a little bit, I think that's actually pretty admirable. Oh, amazing! That's a hell of an interest, or like a fun film to watch too. Like, oh. and fa- what do you fantastic. recognize it for? For it's like ultra violence, it's awesome action and stuff like that. Drop it, exactly. But there was like, odd, like really good on the nose commentary. Hmm. All right, to think about it. Anyway. Um, well, and that concludes our podcast. So. Right. <laughs> and that is diversity. Yeah. No. So this is not a movie review show. It is not an advice show. No. It's a couple of bros, brosifs, um, just talking about films that influenced us as kids. Yeah. And we're, we're relating it to uh, anything that kind of is relevant as 
parents now as dads. Well, truthfully, it's also nice just to get together. Like, I think, oh, yeah. um, you know, if you don't make time to actually do things... Cheers, by the way. Yeah, all right. Ah, if you don't make time to go do things, then you don't actually do things. And if yeah. this is the kind of stuff that we always enjoy when we do get together. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, and so episode 12. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes, who thought we'd ever get this far? Uh, seriously, I didn't. No. I, <laughs> I thought this was going to go down in, in a flaming... No, no. I, I knew we'd get there because no. we're doing it for us. Well, we're not doing it starts and stops. Like, it's, yeah. you know, we've had some gaps here and there. We've chewed sure. through that library of back issues pretty quick. So now it's like... That's true. We're, we're always right at the <laughs> skin of our teeth. <laughs> Is this the cream of the crop? I lo- uh, no, no. I love that you've got time to release though for when you're on holidays. Like, just... Okay, look got a schedule i've got to make this thing happen so good for you thanks for keeping all this like oh. shenanigans organized you're you're a trooper oh no but that was that was like like when i when i watched the youtube tutorials of how to start a podcast oh that was there was two big issues and one was like make sure your audio is good and we've right. we've, we've battled totally shat audio. on that part yeah, of it too sure i think it's pretty good now i think we're well let's see actually. yeah <laughs> Yes. Well, no, but we've had to re-record one episode just because of like yes. a technical issue, right? Yes. And you don't, if you're not checking and looking, you you wouldn't know any better. So that's yeah, okay. That's true. So but the other one is go. consistency. Right. Okay. So I, I'm a firm believer in consistency. So I want to make sure, because uh, I'm inconsistent in every other aspect of my life. So I yeah. want to make sure that we release these consistently. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm done for that. But um, speaking of consistency, speaking mm-hmm. of maybe formula or anything like that. <laughs> What uh, what was your week like? What's ah, on? that's a good question. So we've had a lot of company this week. Yeah. We, um, uh, Laura's cousin's husband was with mm-hmm. us for about a week or so, yeah. and he's working on uh, trying to get into police service. Mm-hmm. So kudos to that guy. That's oh, not yeah. that's not work I would do. No, that's uh, tough. I, I would be a DEI. <laughs> I would be a total drug enforcement idiot. <laughs> no, I'm uh, oh, oh, dark. Could be a oh, theme. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, <yeah>. illusion. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, yeah. So he was here, and so that was good. And then um, we also had my nephew Levon up, who mm. is Laura's sister's uh, kid. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he's a, he's the sweetest little guy. Holy. Super nice, super polite, and just like yeah. oh, he's a, he's a total breeze to have around. So our house was really busy, but it was a good busy. Like it was nice to visit with everyone, and, and people were playing really well together. So it's oh, actually good. like a great week. It was nice to have everyone together and, and enjoy that. That is nice. Hey, like when when things are clicking. Um, nice to have Levon is, and he is an absolute lovely, lovely kid. Yep. Um, you know, he's he's kind of there to be that that um, distraction in a way, but also like a playmate and things like that. So it makes sense that the week was a little nicer. Yeah, no, it was good. And especially because the kids aren't in camps or doing anything else. Yeah. I mean, they're just really like hanging out with each other and that can be tough. Like yeah. I, I even said today, I'm like, I felt really bad for Julian because he and Bree are always together yeah. and they're always at it. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a, a thing that happened this morning where uh, Julian wanted to play on the the big TV downstairs sure. and Bree's just watching a movie, right? Like she was yeah. there first. She got 20 minutes left in the movie and she's just like, I just want to finish my film. And he just parked and stared at her and she's like, get out. And he's like, nope. I can be here. Like, I have every right to be here. And he's not wrong, but at the same time, like, you know it's going to get a reaction. Oh, yeah. Even though he's not doing anything, but he's just looking at her. And I mean, yeah, anyway, eventually yeah. we had to pull him apart. And I'm like, just just wait. But I think the thing is, when you're, when you're with each other so much, and I've said this to them a ton of times, like, yes, you're on each other's nerves now. Yeah. 20 years from now, you're going to be best friends because you've yeah. always been together and you've always been able to lean on each other. Yeah. But it's also nice when they can have some breaks, like when they yes. can just kind of separate a bit more and they never get that opportunity. So You need that. You do. You yeah. do. Absolutely. How about your week? Tell me a little bit about it. Uh, it's, it's been good. Same thing. Company, you know, we, um, I mean, last episode we had our, um, 
our, our brothers-in-law uh, mm. join us, which was awesome mm-hmm. to cover the Goonies, and so that was lovely to have them around. They have a beautiful little boy, Lyle. Yep. Um, but that they left. They went back home. Uh, so we've got uh, Therese, my uh, mother-in-law, yep. who is super lovely, uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman, um, but always busy, you know, always doing stuff and things like that. And so it's been kind of an interesting week in that the kids are on school break, and normally I stress throughout the day. I'm like, fuck, what are they going to do? Fuck. Like, they're banging around. They're on their devices and things. I'm like, <laughs> yep. how, do I, oh, how do we manage this and get them outside while I'm working and it's things tough. like that? So yep. Normally, I'm a massive stress case during Christmas or Christmas holidays. What? When are we? What is this? Who are you? Ooh. Uh, summer holidays. So yeah. I'm, I, I get a big stress case. And so I'm like, oh, what are they doing? They need to be doing stuff. But because Teresa's here, uh, and this is really kudos to Jules, is that she's really pushing for Teresa to go and do stuff with the kids. Mm-hmm. And things like that. And which she has. She's been amazing. And so it's been a semi-relaxing um summer break this week especially because we have nothing planned right so uh teresa's done some stuff and things like that um but uh i'm recognizing more and more that when the kids are you know uh you know moving about and jumping about Mm -hmm. that my my basement is like an echo chamber because you can even hear them like tiptoeing around above us it is so loud (laughs) but it's it's also good too because it's pushing me to want to soundproof this area oh, okay. for yeah. this purpose. You know? well, that's a good idea, actually. Well, I wanted to wait till 12 episodes to see if we were really committed. And then I'm going to invest. <laughs> that's it. You know? Well, here we are. Magic number achieved. Yeah. All right. So it's, it's been a pretty good week. Okay. Yeah. Have you found yourself managing her at all? Um, Therese? Yeah. Well, not, she... not in a negative way, but I also know, like, when I've got company, yeah. I'm also thinking, like, are you having a good time? Yeah, like, yeah of course. Putzing around my place is like, ugh, this must be the most boring thing in the world. Yeah, so. you're right. Your house is very boring. Oh, no, that's but, true. <laughs> no, but you're right. You're exactly right where I'm like, oh, is she enjoying herself? I hope that she's getting time to right. rewind and, yeah, yeah. and enjoy. And, and she's been really good. One thing she does, though, is because she's just so, so nice and lovely. She's constantly like making sure things are baked and cooked or, or cleaned and oh, stuff wow. like that, which is not a bad thing. How are you thing not 5,000 pounds right now? I, well, <laughs> yes. yeah. I shaved oh. off my beard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized that I I am like yeah, oh, pretty I, chubby in the face. I've heard this analogy before where women are like, beards for men are like push-up bras for women. Like where you can actually <laughs> shape and give de- definition to something that is a shapeless goo. Yeah. You were so brave. I will not shave my beard for all the fucking money in the world. Oh, I look like a weird like baby hamster that has just been like in a bag of like yeah. oatmeal. I don't know. It's just like a shapeless blob. It's yeah. heinous. It's coming back. Okay, it's coming uh, back because I it, I would notice that too. You had a wicked myself. mustache though uh, oh. for my birthday. So it was your birthday. It was my birthday. Yeah. yeah. So I had a birthday on the weekend. It was super yeah. nice. Everyone was awesome. Was uh, little little yeah. Boozy. Yeah, a little <laughs> boozy. The next day was a tough day. Oh yeah. I was just like oh. I <laughs> promised um, my ru- our uh, renter that yeah. I would go and chop down a bunch of weeds. Like I was gonna be super yeah. productive. I was gonna come over. We were gonna record. Yeah. Not a no. chance. I was dragging my. But like all morning. So. Well, that that's okay though. That that should that should be the way it is. You know, yeah. you should be able to enjoy your birthday weekend in that way. Yeah. You know, and and um, so that's okay. Right. That's okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. The um, uh, to circle back. This is the last time this flesh will see the light of day. It yeah. is going to be bearded, very very quickly. Yeah. As quickly as as this. <laughs> Guy can grow beards, and I grow beards very slowly. Well, you were a Sasquatch. You've, you've, already, <laughs> you've already got some stubble coming in. So it's coming in. Yeah, yeah. anything at, at certain points helps. Yeah, really. Have you ever done Movember? 
yes, I did. I did it one year, um, which which was good. I think I was like in better shape then, so I could pull off some stuff. Sure, sure. But uh, I uh, I'll just donate because because I I don't want to lose this again. <laughs> no, no, fair <laughs> enough. How much? Yeah. Any check? Any, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. yeah fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, what's Ooh, the movie this week? Well. You know what, this this is absolutely a film I loved growing up. And I know I watched it with you a lot as well. Yep. It's um, a film that, like, uh, it was my entrance into um, the possibilities of superheroes entering the, the ecosystem, I guess. Sure. And, um, you know, you and I were always growing up a fan of this director. You know? Yes, oh, his, for sure. Everything he pumped out, we love. So we tackled. Dark Man. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. I mean, was, um, not, not to get too far ahead of anything, yeah. but um, so same thing. I, I, I'm always like, all right, we're going back. Yeah, I'm, it's going to be way worse than I think yeah. it is. Like, it's not going to be anywhere near. But to actually watch through it, I was like, there's a lot of cool, fun things. Yeah. And it was it was very Raimi. And Ooh, yeah. his stuff is so awesome. Like, yeah. I remember, have you ever watched a Raimi film and not known it was a Raimi? And then instantly you're like, oh, shit, it's a Sam Raimi film. And then being like... Awesome. Yeah. You know, funny, I'm looking at a simple plan. Okay. Uh, which is such a departure from all his stuff. Very like, true. That is such a great film. And I had no idea that was his for the longest time. Now, I'm trying to think of, is there a moment when I clued in about that? But he was so restrained in that, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas, you know, uh, like Spider-Man or Drag Me to Hell or something <laughs> like that, when it really kicks into Sammy Gear. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, here we go. I remember I was living in my old house and I don't know why we're just, I was just watching TV and I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll just throw a movie on. And I started watching Drag Me to Hell. I had no idea. And I was like, I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. I started howling. I'm like, oh God, this is a Sam Raimi film. And I was like, woo. It was the best realization. I was thrilled. What a lovely delight that film was. Yeah. Just, oh, that like laughing and like screaming. Get scared all at the same time. Yeah, like, that's the kind yeah. of thing he is like such a master at. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I just remember that like that like when the the daughter in law, the potential fiance, is come over for dinner and they're all having dinner kind of thing. And I think mom's got like a fly on her lip kind yeah. of thing, like in a close up of like eating bloody meat and stuff. <laughs> and just you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Oh my god. Uh, genius stuff seriously he is so yeah. fun I mean, you know what after all those years of doing Spider-Man and then probably all the backlash and stuff uh, uh, how like Spider-Man 3 went yeah. he was probably so happy to go back to his roots and just be like I'm gonna have a ball yeah. I just wanna have like so much fun and wash all that shit let it just roll off me yeah did you tackle um, uh, the the uh, Multiverse of Madness have I did it? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I think so I, I liked it yeah um, I thought it was Cool. I think it's hard to go into the Marvel universe right now because I think it's really yeah. constructed, and we're in such a toxic fan oh, world shit. right now. Like, Jesus. you know, and people were like really poo-pooing it because it wasn't what they expected. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about who the director was and maybe what they were trying to do, like, I think yeah. right now what Marvel and you know, hats off in some ways, yeah. they're actually trying to do something different. Like, you've got this massive sure. mold, and if you keep trying to regurgitate the same thing, it's not sustainable. No. So, you know, they, they've tried some controversial directors, like in The Eternals, yes. uh, where it was very different. They tried yep. this, which was very different. WandaVision was very different. Like, sure. it's all these kind of cool different ways. Like, one is a horror movie, one sort of more a saga. And that's, I think, important right now in, yeah. in for the MCU. Oh, yeah, look at Love and Thunder. That yeah. was, you know, like, like that... 
They cranked that up to 11. Holy shit. Well, and you didn't really love that movie, did you? Uh, you know Not what? that you didn't love it, but you thought it was just almost too much. It just felt like almost too much. I don't hate it. I, I, by no means do I think it was a poor entry, but it definitely leaned on what made uh, Ragnarok so great. Yeah. It really leaned into it. And that's not a terrible thing, but it's a gear shift. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh. I just, so, you'll never recreate the magic. Like, a sequel no. is never uh, the original. And no. I think the further you move away from it and try to bring something different, yeah. the more satisfying it is. Yeah, true. Because it'll always be, now, now if you're just trying to recreate the laughs and the, and the yucks, yeah. then it's always going to be like, well, those yeah. are good yucks, but they weren't as good a yucks as the first time. And then you always yeah. have that comparison instead of ha- standing alone as its own thing. And like an Anchorman 2 kind of idea. Precisely. Or something like that. Oh, where... like any of the Austin Powers after oh. the first Austin oh. Powers. Because I yeah. love the first one. I was sure. I howled in that movie. Yeah. Because it was so novel, right? Yeah. After that, those jokes were so played. Like, it, you can't. It, it was. Yeah. It was beating that dead horse. Yeah. Fair, absolutely. Yeah. But we digress. Okay. So. We have, okay, we, we, we are at uh, 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 just about 20 minutes in. Okay. We have exactly five minutes to cut, to, to five, chop this. Okay? Five minutes. Five minutes. That's a tight. I'm going to shut you down All right. at, in five. So set the stage, set the scene, create the ambiance, uh, immerse us sure. into the mystique that is dark, man. Give us, give us a bit here. Opening scene. Opening scene. Yeah. yeah. So tight uh, cut. We, <laughs> <laughs> pan in like, yeah. the fade onto a dock, and you see the most villains in a single shot you will ever see. There's like 15 guys hanging out. They're on boxes. There's one guy hanging from the rafters. It was incredible. I'm like holy shit. So okay. He's got some guys in his organization. You get this. So anyway, there's like a uh, what's his name, uh, Eddie Black. Yeah. So Eddie Black, scene opens to him. He's expecting someone to come in and try to take yeah. over his territory, but he's definitely putting up a good front. Like oh. I, I'm going to drive off whoever comes through this. Oh, I love his opening conversation when he's on the phone. Yeah. Tell him no. Tell him no. Tell him fuck you. <laughs> kind of thing. So <laughs> you know who Eddie Black is. He no. takes no nonsense. No, no fucks given from that no guy. Way. No. Nope. So anyway, you uh, we pull up, and you know he's expecting someone to come, and it, it's the um, series of uh, limousines come up. Yeah. Uh, they're frisked. Yeah. Uh, they're, no, actually, well, before they're frisked, yeah. this is lovely. So as they're coming up, they kind of let them know that these guys are going to take no nonsense, and they confront them at the opening yeah. of the warehouse. And as they're walking forward, the laziest nunchuck. <laughs> Like, this is a person who has never seen, never touched a nunchuck in his life. And the yeah. props guy was just like, yeah, you just kind of swing it around. He's like, okay, I can swing it. I can swing a nunchuck. Yeah, yeah. Does this mean I get, like, upgraded in my uh, pay scale? No. Sure, no. No. Just swing the fucking nunchuck. No, no, seriously. I think he was wor- worried about his manicure or something. Because he just kind of, like, landed <laughs> doily in his hand as they were walking forward. It, it was, was. It was pretty funny. It was an open casting call for bad guy. Yeah. Really. They weren't choosy. No, it was terrible. Uh, and, but, but even before that. Oh, okay. When we are getting exposed to the beginning of the film, so they're setting the scene. We And I didn't know this. You might have known this. But I didn't. There was um, some music. That really resonated familiar right off the mark. Oh, it was very Elfman. Very yeah, Elfman. I was like, holy fuck, this guy is just ripping Elfman off. I hope Elfman sues the <laughs> fuck out of this guy. <laughs> no yeah. need. No need. Turns out uh, it was the Dan- Danny, it's Elfman. A Danny Elfman score. <laughs> uh, and that's interesting, too, because, yeah. you know, right at this time, and we were talking about mm-hmm. this as we were watching the film, mm-hmm. so Batman came out in 1889. Mm-hmm. And this was a big film. And, you know, Burton is like... He's like a, a bit of a different dude. He's a yes. bit of a character. I think it was a huge Hail Mary to throw this at Burton. Oh, yeah. And, and Burton pulled it off. Like, oh. 
on top of also getting like Elfman to score and yes. uh, you know some, like a lot of casting choices where people were just like what, what? I mean Mr. Jack Mom? well yeah. exactly like Jim yeah. um, or sorry Jack Nicholson amazing of yeah. course but yeah just trying to pull like like I say yeah. uh, Mr. Mom into all of it and make that functional yeah good luck well Robert Wall really brought it all together <laughs> he's the one, he's the well. glue in that Batman movie. Yeah, right. fair play. He he's actually a funny guy. <laughs> he but, is a funny guy. But no, I mean, yeah. I think you know. So you had that Hail Mary it turned out really good. Who else is kind of a kook out there who makes cool films that you could pull into this? Yeah, and why not pull in Sam Raimi? Yeah, exactly. They, that was another Hail Mary, absolutely. Yeah, so I feel yeah. like there's some parallels there, and so I mean, it's interesting that they would score them both the same. Yeah. And I wonder how much studio pressure there was to maybe like yeah. we've got a different guy to score this, but we're gonna use Raimi just to kind of. Pull some of that, right? Yeah. And there's a bunch of Batman parallels that come out as we're watching the film. And again, we yes. talked about studio influence, but I don't know how much of it, you know, was real. Yeah. Or how much of it just happened to be, you know, coincidental. Oh, yeah. And anyway, so, so, so they, yeah, <laughs> so they pull up, they pull up and it's uh, Robert G. Durant is yeah. the main bad villain there. And he's yeah. got like, uh, uh, like kind of a comb forward hairdo oh, and, yeah. you know, business. yeah, take a look. So, um, and so they, they search him. They want to make sure that they've got no weapons. So there's this whole little, like... Three second or five second montage oh of just God. piles of weapons piling up on Tons each other. Of weapons. I know it was weird, yeah. but so they're they're totally clean. There's no weapons on them. Yeah, and so they walk into the warehouse, and Eddie Black is about to deliver, and just to tell them like, look, Durant, you can't take over my business, you can't take over my real estate, yeah. and if you don't like it, I'm gonna let uh, it cut your throat or what? Yeah, kind of like something. He says, yeah, dang it, yeah, because it's it's this whole sort of like, yeah. I've got, yeah, three things to tell you. Right. One, you know, you can't muscle me out. Two, blah, 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 blah. Three, go fuck yourself. Right. right. Basically. Just a repeat right. of his phone call, basically, to the last guy. Yeah, really. He's got a very simple policy. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so Robert G. Durant, Larry Drake. Right. Who up until that point, or maybe afterward, when did when did he... Well, he what played a special he, needs guy for, for yes, some point, right? In in that, uh, oh my God, what, what TV show was that? It was like, uh, it was a legal drama, I think, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, I can't Oh, it wasn't it. like not LA Law. No, it was No. It must have been something else. It was LA Law, in fact. Was it LA Law? <laughs> it was, there you go. Yes. It was LA Law. <sighs> yeah. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> Still got it. But All up right. until that point, because that was 1987, he was starring in that. So yep. he was playing, he was very much so associated with that role. So probably trying pretty hard to break tight. Yeah. Oh, and, and he and he did. He yeah, did. For sure. Yeah. So anyway, uh, basically, from there, yeah. uh, it. Uh, they the offer is rejected. Yeah. Um, Robert Durant says nope. Um, he gets a cigar out, yeah. cuts the end, and then turns out one guy who's got like a wooden leg has a yeah. machine gun leg. Yeah. And so this one guy and about four thousand baddies that are surrounding them, he yeah. wipes them out with this machine gun leg. He's like a sniper with that thing. Holy! And there's like a ton of bad guys. Well, like they they are wiping out <laughs> all these bad guys. None of them chose to shoot. They just yeah. were so fascinated by the leg coming off. Oh my god! And him wiping them out, smiley. Yeah. So Smiley wipes out a ton yeah. of guys, but good news, they've got backup because there's those two cars in crates that oh God, dukes of hazard their way out through the air and start driving around and like firing at them. That was madness. It was pretty funny. Well, you had a good pull though, and I had no idea. And even when you said it, I was like, you're wrong. Fuck you, you're wrong. About the guy with the wooden leg. That's right. Yeah, he was Dan in um, Hicks. Oh, okay. So he was in Evil Dead. Yeah. Too. And he was the guy who kind of shows up yeah. with his girlfriend. Sure. Yeah. 
but when Bobby she, Joe, Bobby Joe, Bobby <laughs> Joe, yeah. right? So when she sneaks out to kind of like yeah. uh, check around, they send everyone out to go find her, mm-hmm. and that is a huge mistake. Oh, I had no idea. I did not associate that. He was just like. He was a different person, mm-hmm. you know, and so... But you had uh, said, like, it looked like he lost a little bit of weight, and he probably yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it seemed sensible because, I mean, they're both Raimi films, and, you know, yeah. uh, like, directly after. So, I mean, he probably mm-hmm. just knew a good guy, and like, hey, do you want to do a fun part? Like, he probably Shoo. just kind of work. Exactly. Uh, but cool to see that. So a cool motley crew of, like, badasses. Yeah. How we've established. Yeah, and you definitely yeah. get the feeling, like, Durant is, he's a tough guy. Yeah. He doesn't need a lot of dudes to be able to, like, be a huge killing machine. He's got a tight crew. Yeah. Tight crew. Yeah. So, including another, one of the Raimis. Yeah, Ted Raimi. Kind of his main guy, really. Yeah, Rick. Like Rick. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Rick. There may or may not be a relationship there. It sort Just of seemed like either he was a protege. Or he's grooming Rick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Potato, potato. That's right. Uh, but yeah, so it's so a tight crew. I also like that um, good old Larry Drake, Robert G. Durant, um, that his choices for that character too. Like he's he's actually really well spoken, like mm-hmm. the way he talks. So anyway, we'll get into that. Sure. Okay. So keep keep up. Yeah. So anyway, it's all established. Robert G. Yeah. G. Durant is a bad guy, mm-hmm. and then we cut. So we've got the opening sequence. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like smoke coming in reverse. Oh yeah. Um, and then yeah. Oh, and high elfman. Yeah, no Yeah, no, it is. It's very not as bad as it was watching Crawl after Star Trek because that because that was just blatantly bad in terms of ripoffs. But this this was definitely you could tell like Elfman hasn't really diversified that much yet. He's just coming off of Batman. He knows it's successful. He's got he's got some chops that are pretty identifiable. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to uh, Darkman himself. Yeah, Liam Neeson, who's a baby. So this is funny, right? Like, yeah. if you would have told me what was the first Liam Neeson movie you've ever watched, I would have said this. Yeah. Even though we watched Crow, Crow. when he's got that sort of little part in the back, because yeah. they don't really look very similar. Yeah. And he's also not working on an accent. He's kind of trying to be a little bit more of like an American, right? Yeah. What do you think? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> is this Highlander like American? It is Highlander American. <laughs> okay. Is perfect. what he's done there. Yeah. Yeah. It is the Scottish Egyptian. Basically, yeah. yeah. He's the Ramirez of the whole <laughs> team. So anyway, so he's trying to work on this synthetic skin. Yeah. And they're doing test after test. And you can yeah. kind of see, like, they're trying to get past 99 minutes. Yeah. And uh, cannot seem to get this whole thing solved. No. And it's interesting because there's always, like, hints of science. In yeah. It, right? Like, you mentioned this when we were yeah. watching. You're like, what's with the Bunsen burner? <laughs> like, he's got 50 million <laughs> high-end machines. He's got that yeah. Xerox copier that actually ends yeah. up being able to slot in pictures super easy. Not using yeah. the actual scanner function, but just drop them inside somehow. And it happens to configure them in the right way. Oh, yeah. Or compile them. Like, this is a supercomputer. And... They had that fun piece of science that was very much Lawnmower Man. Yeah. Where they had that sort of weird, swirly hologram. hologram. Yeah. Yeah, that was neat. Yeah. Like, I didn't mind that. And I guess we can talk about this, kind of the effects and a lot of the choices there. Because a lot of them are great and hold up. And some of them, like a lot of the background sort of CGI matte painting-esque <laughs> right. type stuff of, of, the, of the, the city are garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing they didn't yeah. skimp on that I think they did an awesome job on is Darkman himself. Yeah, like, his sure. makeup is great. Granted, his teeth yeah. are a little bit, like, rough in the lips and things. <laughs> but that's just a function of, like, how he was burned. Like, yeah. that'd be a really tough one to be prosthetically kind of set up and not, not all, like, make it look like it wasn't too yeah, obvious. Yeah, true. But I, but just, it looked cool. They did a really good job. Yeah. 
So, so you're right. There's and so to your point there, all this amazing technology around, and yet they have those like open flames. Yeah. <laughs> but the burners just kind of burning away. What, it's like, do? is this science? Sure. <laughs> okay, that adds to the science. He's a yeah purist. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What I like about this scene too is that even though that the experiment says failure, right? They're getting frustrated that mm-hmm. the skin won't last past 99 minutes. Is you get to see that Liam Neeson's character is uh, Peyton is calm he deals yeah. with that frustration in a very even way his emotions <laughs> are unflappable yeah absolutely right? you, you called that out and i thought that was a really yeah. nice one too because i hadn't thought about it before mm-hmm. and there's one thing i don't know that they really do incredibly well about drawing out how his emotions contribute to his strength like yeah. they explain it yeah. but you don't really see it it's not like he like hulks his way no. through things he just kind of like seems irrational and like axe swingy like he's knocking <laughs> things down with pipes and things i was like ah yeah. oh, I wish he could like super strength, but yeah, anyway, like twisting someone's fingers around or well, that, that is pretty good. <laughs> but I mean, I just I was thinking about more. Like, yeah, that's a true. pretty pretty inane use of a super strength. It is, and it's it, you're right. There is a loose connection to the powers with the emotion. Yeah, so there is a, a fair bit of glossing. Sure, but but you're right. I mean, it's a nice way to kind of if you're thinking about it as you're watching and you're trying to yeah. keep a tight kind of idea about how that he's changed yeah he definitely has like he's yeah. even keel he's very stable there's yeah. this nice scene with um uh francis mcdormand where they're watching yeah. slides of each other as their kids which yeah. is like like no date ever has happened <laughs> it's really weird like how long have you been dating for like 10 minutes yeah they seem pretty comfortable with each other to be doing that but yeah. anyway but he's like you know he's thoughtful and he's he's really like they've got a close relationship yeah exactly he does not seem st- unstable or erratic in any no. way and, and they did a good job of making him like this, yeah, like you said, this controlled person. Anyway, so the experiment fails, yep. um, and then we get to still, meet. Yeah, still yeah. working on the skin. You meet Frances yeah. McDormand. She is um, his girlfriend, Julie, mm-hmm. uh, and he's in love with her. And they've mm-hmm. got, again, like that nice slide scene, and then she wakes up the next morning. And then there's like a, actually a pretty crafty, yeah. like I always thought this was nice, like yeah. where there's... Um, He's, he's bringing her coffee. He's, oh, you know, best boyfriend ever. Yeah. Uh, puts a coffee down accidentally on top of a memorandum. Yeah. And the Belisarius mem- memorandum. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that doesn't get said enough in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Right. Is it because of Donald G. Belisarius? Like the <laughs> guy who did uh, Magnum P.I.? Is, it... is that a poll? Is that real? Uh, Belisario, I think it oh, is. Oh, Belisario. Yeah. Well, maybe an homage to Belisario. <laughs> yeah. good. Big Magnum fans here. <laughs> Ring, well. rings, rings it. Yeah, this um, this exact plot happened in an episode of Magnum P.I. It was all Higgins. <laughs> He's dark man out there. Just, uh, boys, like the lads just... <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it, so the coffee stain, it will end up becoming a, a moment later. And I thought, yeah. when we were watching, like, oh, that's really clever. Until yeah. they pan back and like stop on it for about four seconds. You're like, ah, this is meaningful. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so that was a bit, bit ham-handed, but, you know, so be it. But um, payoff. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. And then this is kind of the first time you see him being a little bit more emotional or a little bit more needy as he's going down the street and he's asking Julie to marry yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's really kind of putting himself out there a little bit. I was like, okay, well, you sort of see seeds of where this could go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's kind of the first time, right? Yeah. Anyway, then you see Julie who goes in and confronts her boss. Yes. And uh, the boss's name is... It's Tony Stark. Oh, no. Strack. <laughs> Strack. Strack. No, Lewis it's Lewis Strack. Strack. No, <laughs> but Strack Industries, it was yeah. pretty like... <laughs> Uh-oh. Hello, uh, Marvel. Just a little... Eh, I'm a playboy. Eh, eh. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, no. 
that's pretty funny. <laughs> I, that was actually pretty funny. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's obviously deliberate too, because I mean, uh, I have Probably. to feel like Raimi's a fanboy. He's going to know kind of what <laughs> those lines look like. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like an industrialist who, you know, yeah. has lots of money and not Protégé. Yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. So. For sure. Yeah. We get to meet uh, Louis Strack. Right. And. So she goes and confronts yes. him about the, the memorandum. The which memorandum? The Belisarius memorandum. Oh, yeah. There it is. There it is. Okay. So, uh, and I wasn't sure what he was at first. Like, so she's a lawyer and he's a business guy. So. Yeah. So her role is she's like the lawyer for the company? Yeah, they never really explain what she's doing. Like she must she must have been hired to help with a deal or something or they never know. really it, talk about that. Yeah. Like Like yeah. What's her role uh, and connection to Lewis there? Like is she like the accountant in Dodgeball where she's just like working for like um <laughs> Yeah, Fitz for Vince. Yeah, yeah, for Vince yeah. Vaughn, and yeah. just like kind of like there on contract or with uh, uh, White Goodman. Yeah, <laughs> more more like that relationship. Well, because nobody makes me bleed my own blood. That's right. Yeah. Gonna put on my shiny shoes. That's <laughs> uh, pretty. Yeah, Michelle. <laughs> Your consigliere? Yeah. <laughs> uh, where are we? Oh, I guess Robert G. Durant is the consigliere in this. Oh, he is. He's the yeah. Michelle. He is the Michelle. Oh, yeah. God. I can't wait to see Blazer. Oh, Maybe that's Smiley. That Smiley is Blazer. Oh, very yeah. good. Who's Laser? <laughs> Any of them. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's Rick. Ah. <laughs> He's a blazer. He is a blazer. Okay. Anyway, okay. moving on. So let's cut back again to Peyton, yes. who is back in his lab. Yeah. And so, you know, they're kind of working on the skin. Yep. And um, as they're going through, he like... I love this because there's this like uh, part where he's hypothesizing why it's not working, and he steps into this perfectly lit shot where the oh yeah the beam of light comes across his eye, and he's just like <laughs> pondering away. I'm like, if you saw that in real life, you'd be like, what the fuck are you what doing? Is, did you set that did you up? See, yeah, seriously, there's tape on the floor. You gold brick and son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> fuck, it was pretty awesome. I'm like, that yeah, was good. It was, was cool. Funny. And I then like his, his assistant. That's yeah, right. So his yeah. assistant's there, and he's kind of pouty, and yeah, yeah, he's the guy whose nose is in the first scene where he just doesn't yeah. work out but uh then the power shuts out yes uh and then instead of only going for 99 minutes the yeah. skin keeps going yeah so this is good they have this huge breakthrough yeah massive breakthrough is um yeah it, it's photosynthetic i think there's also do we know about this yet i don't know about um strack um because uh, because sorry just just to go back quick sure um, not friend dresser, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> the nanny. Dark man. Oh, that would be a long film. That would be a long film. Kill her. Kill oh, her early. Yes, yes. But but she reveals that she doesn't have the document on mm-hmm. her, and that she's she's left it kind of at home. Kind of. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, they don't really explain no. how they know where she lives, no. and I mean. Uh, he's got kind of this weird lab that is over top yeah. of like a store? Something like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's like a, a loft, I suppose. It's like a loft. Yeah, there you go. It's funny too, because I remember when I was watching it with you, I was like, mm-hmm. th- you could look in the background and there's like a little kitchen dinette area. And I'm like, this lab is like very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like, well done. He's kind of like, he's brundlefly it. He, like, it's, <laughs> he lives where he works. Well, I, I respect that. Yeah. Brundlefly. Oh, deep cuts. Ah. All right. Well, anyway. Okay. So uh, then the power goes off. Yes. Things keep going. Yeah. They think it's a breakthrough. Yeah. They're kind of studying away. But unfortunately, the power off isn't really a good omen. No. Why is that? Well, so um, his assistant, um, Yakitito? Yakitito. Okay. Yeah. I had to look that up. Oh, well, <laughs> Yakitito. Well, well done. Thank God you did. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to pull that out of the air. Oh, no. Uh, so Yakitito goes to, to turn on the power. Yep. And he goes to, to turn on the breaker. But he gets stopped. Oh. 
Uh, and right away, because uh, he sees that Robert G. Durant has brought his croonies. Now, how the hell did they get in there? So, so silent. Because it's not like they came out of the same door. Like, they didn't kind of mm. usher in through the same spot. Yeah. They're, like, strategically planted around the room. Around the like, room. Like, they've been down there the whole time. Even the guy with the wooden leg, who is, who's got his leg pulled off yeah. uh, into the gun form, is, is like, hopping. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's how do you right. sneak? You how about could, people? You couldn't sneak. <laughs> no. You would have that one, like... This is the one time I'm allowed to bang the table. Yes. But it would, it would literally be impossible not to hear him. Yeah. Anyway. But they appear, and it's wonderful because... Um, the lighting from the from the uh, instruments are on, and so it highlights them in like reds and blues, and like you know they're all menacing and stuff. Totally. And Robert wanders up, and uh, I think they rough him up a little first. Right? They do, yeah. They yeah. kind of like rough him a bit, and then they also take the assistant who is like yeah. cannot defend himself to save his life. Like yeah. he basically just in about four seconds has a plastic bag around his head, <laughs> yeah. and they're like just starts suffocating him. And, and so Peyton's like, well, no, 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 don't kill him and stuff. And yeah. just and then Rick, yeah. uh, pulls out a gun, yeah, and it's basically like it's it's the assistant's head, yeah, and then the gun, yeah, and then basically the other guy right on the other side of where the bullet would go. <laughs> And Rick ends up pulling the trigger and yeah. bl- bl- blows him right through the head. Kills uh, Yakutito. Yeah. Yeah. And Yakutito is like, obviously they're very connected to Peyton because he yeah. loses it. Like yeah. he's got this whole weeping and yeah. it's the first time you actually see him emotionally break in any way. That's true. That's true. So so uh, oh, the whole time Robert T. Durant is grilling him about the Belisarius Memorandum. That's right. right? Uh, it's trying to find it and stuff. And so they're they're beating up Peyton. They killed Yakutito. Yep. They're torturing him to in order to get this right, memorandum. and this is how we start to get to where uh, Darkman's deformities start, right? Yeah. So one one of the pieces of science <laughs> is this big vat of goo, yeah, which has two massive electrodes on either side, and yes. so they're rushing Peyton over to it. They're probably going to drown him, but yeah. in an effort to stop himself, he grabs both of the electrodes and completes the circuit. Yeah, and his skin just like that stop motion like sizzle yeah. that goes on, like classic Raimi. Yeah. It was super good. Like this is very. Um, uh, Army of Darkness for me. Yes. I was like, oh, yeah. this is great. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So, so he his hands melt and they they back away, but then they're they're back in their endeavor to grab him and shove him in the boiling vat of goo acid. It thing. has to be some sort of like it, it's got to be acidic in some way because it almost immediately starts to deteriorate his face. That's right. Yeah. But the people who dunk him don't really have any peripheral effects. No, they're fine. so it only works on face skin. It doesn't work on hand skin. Hand skin. <laughs> Apparently, science. <laughs> Exactly. So, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. there. So he gets like totally messed up, yeah. um, and then they start to undo a bunch of the gases and stuff because That's they right. find the memorandum and they're like, "Okay, we're out of here." Yeah. Um, was it? It's the Spanish guy that finds it, right? He is. Yeah. 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 The Latinx. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so he finds the memorandum. That's why I opened with Ola. <laughs> nice. Decas. Circle. Circle complete. <laughs> That's it. Um, so yeah, they find they take off with the memorandum, and then Robert G. Durant sets up kind of a, a complex Bond esque yeah trap. Like imagine that hadn't gone off. Yeah. Like he he's already guaranteed yeah. uh, Strack that he's he's gonna finish him, <laughs> Tony Strack, and so he <laughs> sets it up with that little dippy duck. Yeah, dippy and, duck. Yeah, and then a lighter. So yeah. that at some point, once there's enough gas in the room, the dippy duck hits the flame, flame mm-hmm. explodes, and then for sure Peyton's dead. At this exact same time as this trap has been laid and they've left, Frances McDormand shows up and... and oh, and agrees to marry! Yeah, and she's like, and she says aloud, marry me, marry you? Yes, right? We, she <laughs> gives us the gift of vocalizing sure. her inner dialogue. Absolutely. At so, that moment, yeah. what? No, 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 go ahead. Oh. At that moment, 
the lab explodes into a massive and she's blown back and she's like oh what's happened <laughs> we are treated to a amazing oh, so good <laughs> he goes hurtling <laughs> this explosion is amazing he just like the whole thing blows up as a green screen or blue bl- or yeah green screen, green screen yeah. and then boom this corpse goes flying by just oh! that ADR is brilliant it is super that fun that scream as he is launched into the atmosphere so one thing you told me as we were watching that then I became attentive to it yeah. is that Raimi and uh that there was a bunch of voiceover work that yeah. went into it. So you've got guys like Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. and they're kind of really kind of contributing some stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if you're really listening, you catch a bunch of it. Uh, especially at the end. The end, it was like howling. It was Yo. so good. Well, he was originally meant to be Darkman, but the studio thought he wasn't popular or, or celebrity enough. You know, so, for sure. I mean, as yeah. your first major, you're going to have to use a guy. Yeah. Uh, but interesting people that they chose, right? Like Liam Neeson's yeah. an interesting choice. Francis McDormand's an interesting choice. Yeah. Like she's not leading lady ask. about that a little bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, as I was doing some of my research, so the Raimis and the Coen brothers have a very good relationship. Yeah. They, they've been working yeah. together for, you know, a number of years and they kind of lean on each other creatively. And uh, so we thought, Tristan and I, like, okay, well, for sure the Coen brothers have yeah. some sort of, you know, input into this. Sure. Excuse me. And then Frances McDormand would have done it because she was like looking for like a good vehicle and whatever else. But, and, but and she's she's either in a relationship with either Ethan or Joel. I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember. But she's in a relationship with one of the Coen brothers. Definitely. Yeah. So anyway, so she's doing this film. Probably should have been smooth sailing. Yeah. And yet, so one of the one of the in, like factoids I found about this was they did not get along. Oh. No, Sam and uh, Frances McDormand were like they found it very difficult to work together because they yeah. had different ideas about how that character should be. Yeah. And you're like the quote was. I guess I don't know Francis very well. And uh, <laughs> that can never be a good sign that things are going to go smoothly. Yeah. So I don't I don't really know that I saw a lot of tension in the film. I don't think that she yeah. was like awkward or anything. No. But, I mean, there's lots you can do with cuts. I know that the first edit of that film was not well received. Ah, uh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, by her. Uh, no. <laughs> she, she's on their IMDb page and yeah, just yeah. like ripping it yes. up. Yeah. How many rotten tomatoes can I hurl at this thing? <laughs> she was not happy. Okay, drive us forward here. Right. Okay. So anyway, okay. so the uh, body goes flying, yeah. um, and almost immediately, I was thinking to myself, "Wow, well, does she not know that this was Strack? Yeah. Like she just confronted him. Really? She knows that Durant is someone who has been involved in ways, shapes, and forms because he, yeah. uh, Strack mentions like Durant and all this. So True. it's pretty much laid out. Like I've got this guy. You don't want to talk about it. If you do, he's gonna fuck you up. First guy I would have gone to is like Durant or the yeah. cops. Yeah. The so, cops but, but also look how cavalier Peyton is with his Bunsen burners. Is right? it really that surprising? No, that he blows. I keep up? telling you to turn them off. I know. So here's the thing: I had a really hard time with too is that mm. um, immediately after Peyton is gone, like he's yeah. dead to the best of her knowledge. She strack. She uh, shacks up. Shacks up with strack. She shacks up. Strack attack. <laughs> she goes straight for him, and, and I don't. Yeah. He's like, I guess he's comforting her at the time. Yeah. But she just finished confronting him as a villain, like doing unethical things. Like that. That actually speaks a little bit to Julie. A little bit. I mean, he was totally honest. He d- he did not try to hide anything. He was very honest. Maybe that's kind of sexy. Maybe. I don't know. I, well, girls you know. like a bad boy. Sure. You How know? about a bad crazy boy with no skin? Oh. <laughs> no. That does not seem to go. I'm swiping She left. likes crazy, but she doesn't yeah. like... Sh- she's shallow. She doesn't yeah. like like skin stuff, right? Yeah. Maybe if he's a good Botox guy. <laughs> so, you're right. She she immediately, like, she he's comforting her. Yep. You don't know if they have, like, a, a relationship beyond just sort of, but like... But they talk about having comfort. to cut it off. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Like, for sure there's something there must implied. Be something going on. Anyway, yeah. so... 
you know, there's a whole lot of like um, after this, we kind of cut to seeing Dark Men again. So we yeah. like he blows away. You see the funeral scene. Uh, there's so like kind of like glib thing like yeah there wasn't much left of him to bury oh yeah like, so so like, <laughs> just an ear yeah doesn't take much to bury an ear yeah. exactly so they kind of wave that off and you know yeah. so we, officially he's dead in everyone's yeah. mind we know that he's put to bed that's right cut to the hospital where they yeah. find this John Doe who was found in the lake or in the river yeah and he is just in his Mormon pajamas. Uh, so not a gown, not nope, anything. Nope. nope, he's got his religious pajamas on and he's yeah. being worked on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're kind of doing some stuff with him to cool his skin and then they put him into this, like, uh, that knife-throwing, like, <laughs> wheels wheel. can go <laughs> so, there, And then there's a ton of exposition. Oh, yeah. Like, she's just sort of really talking about how things have changed with his adrenal glands, how he can't feel pain anymore. Yeah. And the only thing that he has now is these wild swings of emotions, which will actually make him stronger and more powerful. Yeah, which is an interesting uh, technique of, of, of healing. You know, really, it's like, well, this guy's really burned, so what we did was we turned him into, like, potentially an emotional monster. Right. And they're awful, these doctors. Oh, at least she is. At the end, yeah, she's like, I give him a nine on the buzzard scale. Like, oh, yeah. He's a dead man walking. She's literally taking, like, a pin and stabbing him. Oh, and they're all laughing about it, too. Like, how's that Hippocratic Oath going? Yeah. Like, what a jerk. But he escapes in a sudden thunderstorm. Yes. So, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So, no, the thunderstorm happens because he escapes. Like, I don't know if, like, thunder is one of his powers. But uh, anyway, like, yeah, he kind of comes to a little bit. And yeah. he starts to think about, like, what has gone on and how he's been wronged. And I think yeah. it's kind of a moment of clarity for him. And then that surge of super strength comes through and he busts through his bonds. Yeah. And, and then a thunderstorm ensues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then he's he's trying to orientate himself. He's like stumbling through the uh, the the uh, alleyway for in his sure. bandages. Uh, he luckily he sees Julie. She's there. Kind of, but that's not before he gets like a bucket of water splashed on. Oh, yeah. like, he's kind of like walking by and you know, oh, I'm disoriented. And then like a car drives by and kind of supposed to hit a puddle or something. But literally, like there was some gaff who just like hucked. <laughs> Yeah. To bucket at him. Do it, it again. Yeah. <laughs> just raving. I need like, this. Yeah. Douse and, him again. Don't we have the shot? Don't even roll camera. Just douse him. <laughs> douse that fucker. That's full of my urine. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you're really dark. No kidding. Yeah. It's dark man. Yeah. Dark man. Dark man. So getting him in there. Yeah. So he sees Julie again. Julie yeah. obviously doesn't recognize him. He's kind of freaked out by him. And yeah. this only adds to his psychosis. Yeah. So now he needs to go back to his lab. He's gonna figure out like what the hell's going on here. But before that. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, quickly. Sure. He decides to wait out the storm under a oh, loose cardboard box. <laughs> no kidding. So just really, let's play up how shitty his life is I right know. now. So his girlfriend's gone, doesn't recognize him, hates him. His lab yeah. is blown up and he has nothing left. And his one place of solace is this cardboard box. Well, some guy with a hose now <laughs> of Raimi's urine hosing. is soaking in it. <laughs> and he's staring at a literal drain. <laughs> Like, you don't, yeah, it couldn't be more transparent about how your life is going down the what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty funny. So, yes. Anyway, so it goes back to his lab. He's now, he's going to regroup a little bit. He comes and sees everything. Interestingly, a lot of his equipment is partially functional. Yeah, he he does. He he scavenges all this equipment. That just got fucking blown up. And some photos, because we know that his old system of recreating skin is based on photographs and then creating 3D models that you can put over top of your body. That's right. You pointed this out, though, and it makes a lot of sense to me, and they don't really tackle this very well, is, yes, it makes fake skin. doesn't make fake hair. Yeah. (laughs) So, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, 
So he just goes to like some toupee star to like solve this. Like imagine him walking with that face and yeah. like this brain and skull hanging out the back. Like I need a rug. Yeah, you do. hundred oh percent. Yeah. This is free. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> Only a mother could love that face. No kidding. Yeah. So so he's he's trying to reconstruct uh the his face off of a photo that got burned. So that's gonna take what looks like like. 500 hours or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was actually quite a long time. But yeah. in the interim, yeah. he's still kind of trailing Julie a little bit, trying That's to figure right. out, like, how do I get reconnected to her? Or what are her patterns? Yes. And, and, she, I, and he follows her to, like, a big ball, like yes. a gala. Yeah, and sees her dancing with uh, Tony Strack. Tony Strack is there. <laughs> and uh, gets a little jealous. He does. But then he recognizes other people at the ball there, particularly Robert D. Durant and his... Friend. No kidding. Rick. His, uh, his life partner. His life partner, right. Right. Um, and, oh, and the most awkward situation. Well, that's why he's so jealous when yeah. Rick doesn't show up. No wonder Duran is freaking out. Yeah. This actually makes a lot more sense. It does make there, sense. There must have been maybe a component to that. I feel like there is because there is an awkward situation where... Um, with the guy with the know, bald head. Well, well, no, but like Rick and um, Durant are at this party and Durant's like, would you like some champagne? And Rick's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you're my plus one. Yeah, so I feel it's a really tender moment. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, after the party, uh, Darkman follows Rick. Right. Yeah, and this is his well because he has a flashback. Right. He's seen right. that moment, yeah. and it's that Arr, moment where his assistant gets his brains blown out, and so he has this very visceral connection to that moment. So yes, he follows him. This is something he's attached to. Sees him in an alley. Right. And so, do, 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 do. oh yeah, man, yeah. what are you? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, is that ever true? Um, so he, he does, he grabs Rick and then takes him to the sewers yeah. and is like holding him over an open, sort of like waterfall kind of thing, you know, and um, I, I, grilling Rick about Durant and, 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 and his other cronies and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's Rick's all the like, yeah, I told you everything I know, I told you, I know you did, Rick. But let's pretend you didn't. So I always feel like that's kind of a commando moment. Yeah. Like that when he's yeah. holding like um Ooh, la, la. That's Sully. <laughs> like holding, holding Sully over the side of the mountain. Yeah, kind like, of. I, I sort of feel like that was a bit of a parallel there. Like that whole thing about like okay. get the information and then I'm still gonna fucking kill you. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's directly tied, but I mean that sort of seems like that's a thing that was acceptable yeah. from anti-heroes. Yeah, and, and and very much so. Yeah. Uh, Peyton slash Darkman is very much an anti-hero, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So, However, some yeah. great Raimi comes up now because <laughs> now that he's in the sewers and he gets rid of Rick, he's thinking, okay, fuck it, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. That way, <laughs> there's a thing where he pops up through a manhole yeah. and kind of works Rick like a puppet <laughs> in front of traffic to see if he'll get hit. And the puppet they use is, is awesome. Yeah. Just that permanent sort of silent scream. Yeah. As he's being tossed about. Oh my God, it was super funny. So Rick takes a, 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 a truck tire to the face yep. and he's dead. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He's done. Yeah. Um, but here's one thing I never quite yeah. put together, too. Like, so, yes. So, um, Peyton is able to come up with, like, tons of equipment. Mm-hmm. Like, so his his gear is working. He's mm-hmm. got enough for chemicals. He's working on his formulas again. Yes. He goes through, like, a hundred different variations of the formula. It's like, you know, that's putting a circle right. around it, not working. And then he shows up with, like, a really good camera. Yeah. So that he can take photographs of the other guys in the crew. Yeah. Where's this money coming from? No idea because he hasn't, because the whole purpose of that is he rips them off right. to get some money, but he hasn't got that yet. No. No. Like he's not, he's making money as like a, 
I don't know, like a party clown. Like, <laughs> what is his day job? <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> kind of thing. No. You know, he's, he's not a carny. I feel he doesn't like treat them well. You could probably do like um, cosmetic testing on his skin because he's got none to work on. Yeah, like maybe. I don't know. Or like science experiments. Like Telemarketing. He's... <laughs> he's still able to pronounce like M words without any lips. <laughs> kind of thing. So who knows? That is a huge gap in this. That if you have no lips, there's a bunch of different words you can't really say. That's it. I would it, like give us at least like him like ventriloquism for dummies so he figures out how to pronounce those M words but right. <laughs> he has no lips no have you ever tried to say anything without any lips no yeah, no it's, pre- it's pretty tough yeah so anyway yeah. Uh, he so, takes pictures he's taking pictures really appalling and the one thing yeah. that kind of captures is uh, the exchanges that they yeah. do regularly for money yeah. so they go to the same restaurant it yeah. happens every week probably yeah and so uh, the two other guys like uh, like Rick who's not there uh, and, and uh, Guzman Guzman and Smiley Guzman and Smiley give money to Polly. yes uh, so they slide a briefcase across and they go um, yeah. anyway so <clears throat> yeah Rudy Guzman yeah yeah, so first thing, kind of like thinking about, because, like, yeah. you know, you're taking all these pictures and you're eventually going to try to, like, find a way to get that money. Yeah. And so he ends up choosing Polly as his target and he, That's you know, right. uses the mask to do it. But Polly's like five foot six. Yeah. Liam Neeson is six foot four. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, you can definitely compensate <laughs> for, for skin and for shape, but, like, Polly's fat. Neeson's thin. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a giant. Uh, Polly's a midget. Like, it just... <laughs> This doesn't What's work. What's going on? And they yeah, didn't yeah. even try to like scale that out or balance it. They just kind of assumed that it would work. I'm like, yeah, eh, okay, yeah, right. I'll give it to you. Yeah, why not? So he, he dresses as Polly. Uh, first, he he chloroforms Polly. Right. So he goes to Polly's apartment. That's right. Chloroforms him. Yeah. And he's got clean bandages at this point. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first time you've actually seen him where you're like. Are you infected right now? Like, how much polysporin are you slapping on <laughs> just to stay afloat at this point? Because he's in, like his his home is now like this industrial like toxic. With this uh, weird angry cat like, yeah. <laughs> pulling at his skin and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Just so, laying in a bed of tetanus shots. Like, mm. Just all these needles. Oh, I should pull those out. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of heroin going on at this old oh, like abandoned like, cement mine. Yeah. Or cement uh, factory or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. What do you so, mean yeah. cement? <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. 16 tons. <laughs> so anyway, he uh, okay. he drugs Polly, takes yes. on his face, yes. goes to the exchange, manages yeah. to pull the exchange off, they give the money. But this is one thing that happened that you know eventually he fixes, yeah. is they ask him questions and he doesn't really use his Polly's voice. That's right. Which is a solve for later that it's never really alluded to in his powers. That's but he just right. kind of like, this makes more sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, he just kind of growls. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so then they, so then he gets the money, takes off, instant cut yeah. back to Polly, actual Polly, yeah. who has been dressed differently. In his powder blue fucking tuxedo. Like, how did Peyton decide that this was like his dress escape to the Caribbean gear? Like, oh my God. Like, this is such a weird choice to redress him. To Just leave clothes? him. He's going to get like, fucking so killed. Weird. Like, yeah, it was really Is that strange. what sold it? Like, they went, and it's not the tickets nope. to, like, the Bermuda. It's not the fact that Polly's missing with the money. Well, back to the white Goodman and the shiny yeah. shoes. He's got his white suit on. He's ready to party. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's his party suit. And, yeah. and he's got tickets for Rick. Rick. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where Duran probably goes a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So, so they, they end up questioning Polly. Polly pleads, uh, Mr. Duran, I don't know. I don't even know how I got dressed. 
And um, so they send him on his way. Have a good trip. Right. Yeah. So they throw him through the window, yeah. lands flat on the ground. Oh, no, not a flat on the ground. He lands on top of that cab. Car, yeah. And so his head is looking back. Yeah. And there's a witness there who's freaking out and sees him there dangling. But yeah. then she turns and happens to notice that Darkman's yes. still right there. Right. They're sitting, sitting on a park bench. Yeah, he's waiting like, for the bus. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got 99 minutes <laughs> and you thought the bus was the fastest way out of there? I'm like, that's the slowest way out of there. Find a faster form of getaway, dude. Yeah. Anyway. He, he takes off. Yeah. Uh, but now he's got a taste yes. for really messing with Durant's crew. Yeah. He learns again that there is going to be another deal. Am I skipping ahead? When, uh, with the, the deal in Chinatown? Uh, yes. No, you are. For sure. There's a whole oh, bunch of stuff that happens yeah. first. Okay, so, right. uh, first off, so he goes back to his grimy bandages when he goes back. Oh, yeah. And then this is where he freaks out because That's he, right. as he's working on the skin still to try to perfect it, yeah. his old grimy bandages start on fire. Why? Uh, because they're old and grimy. No. Oh, because, because he puts he them in the Bunsen burner. Bunsen burner. <laughs> See, this, that's why it's plausible he would have blown himself up. Yeah, You're 100% right. Like, yeah. Francis McDormand can definitely resolve this. Like, I told him. Yeah. I told him. That's right. And so you he, do. You get to see his uncontrolled rage. Right. And point. then you hear this whole part about the pay the five bucks to see the dancing freak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which we have used so many times. Totally. Yeah. This is like, there's, it's weird the things you latch onto in terms of yeah. references, but that was one of them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, uh, but at the same time, one piece of good news. Oh, Yes. That, thank you. Yes. His the, face is finished. The reconstruction is complete. Correct. He's able to make proper Peyton masks. The skin of a Peyton mask. <laughs> Somehow he fabricates hair. It's funny. It's like, yeah. he's got, if you look at the hologram as it's spinning, it has kind of a Michael Myers feel to mm-hmm. it. I'm like, it's a bit freaky. It is a little freaky. Anyway, so, but the good news is now he can go and meet Frances McDormand. He kind of knows her patterns because she keeps going back to his grave. She obviously misses it. That's right. And in his mind, the best place to sort of introduce that he's alive <laughs> is while she's laying flowers on his tombstone yeah. and to just appear and stare at her. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing creepy about that. That's it. And come, come at her like arms oh, raised. And just give like the biggest like awkward hug. Yeah. Like he's just lennying her to death he's got her like in this grip and um well he's but, seven foot nine i mean he's, he's, well not according <laughs> to his poly like uh persona but anyway yeah so he he totally like you know uh he's giving her this big hug they met at the graveyard he takes her back they have like a little bit of lunch and he kind of comes up comes up with a bit of a, a rationale as to why he can't spend time with her he's like yeah. you know what i'm going to the hospital i've got this special therapy yeah i need to go through these sessions but i promise you soon i'm going to be well and he's buying himself time until he can perfect the skin right yeah i don't mind that i don't mind that. that's pretty plausible that there's yeah. emotional damage there sure. that he needs to heal uh emotionally before he can kind of retake up his old life again so i don't mind that you know the other thing too and you I think you pointed this out as well is with all the different people that he's turning into and copying yeah it doesn't mean that they can also change his hair color. No. Or his eye color. Or his, yeah, his like, eye color. So it's, he can't do his pitch, he can't do his hair, he can't do his eyes. Like, very much you've got a mask, and everything yeah. else is not even plausibly there to recreate the other person. Height, yeah. stature, demeanor, Nothing. build, yeah. zero. It's, it's just your face. Was, yeah. no. But in everything, the 80s, everyone's superficial. Right? Right. It was everything wrong with face-off. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, like that, that kind of, like... Do you see? Uh, is this? That's what? such a confusing let's, movie let's to me. Let's just science this. That's, we're yeah. doing this. We're, we're going through it. it. Okay. All right. So, so he's reestablished with yep. um, uh, Julie, yep. and uh, they're able to, and, and he's starting that relationship again. But he can only be with her for ninety minutes at a time. That's right, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, so the next time that he and Julie meet, they're at yeah. a carnival. 
Yes. Oh, does that happen now? Uh, oh there's a, there's God, something in between, this. but I really want to get to the karma. I want to get to karma. Let's get to karma. So speaking yeah. of quotable lines. <laughs> oh uh, so yeah, so anyway, he... Um, he goes to the carnival with Julie. They're having super, super fun. You know, they're having a great day together. They're totally enamored with one another. You know, you could... <laughs> I don't know how Julie doesn't understand that he's, like, completely unstable. Yeah. Like, he's just emotionally like... Ah, ha, 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 uh, yes. And so he's super intense. So anyway, yeah. he's got to go. You know, time's running out. But yeah. they decide to do one more fun activity at the end of their carnival day. What do they do? Well, they want to... Um, he wants to play a carny game. He's right. going to uh, do the old classic throw the baseball at the milk cans, right? The collection mm-hmm. of milk cans. And so he's having an emotional speech as he paid for three balls. He shoots the first one, misses. He's very frustrated. He throws the next one, misses. Throws the third one in kind of a rage using his uh, dark man strength. Right. And knocks down the milk bottles there, the, the milk cans. Sure. And he's like, ah, I'll take the pink elephant, please. Right. This carny. Who is this fucking carny? Because he is awesome. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. He's, he's got the best delivery. Dick. Yeah. yeah. You know what? The thing is, it'd probably be tempting to use a character like that and really just like either overacted or oh, really yeah. push something out there. This guy's so wonderfully understated. Like, he, I've never seen anyone who doesn't give a shit more than Holy that guy does. Shit. He's fucking awesome. John Lisbon Wood is this, this, <laughs> this thespian. Yeah. Oh my God. Hats off to you, sir. Oh, seriously. And he's just like, hey, you were, you, you crossed the line. Didn't count. Yeah. Right? And this whole interaction is like, no, I was right here with my girlfriend. I'll take the pink elephant, please. Why don't you just get lost? Right? And so he's like, he ends up putting his fingers on calling him a freak. Yeah. Why don't you go away there? Why don't you take off there, freak? And then just boom! Yeah. Because one thing we noticed, like, uh, and this happened uh, right at the time when he was becoming Darkman and everything was happening. It's like all of his, like... Cerebral cortex is exploding. Yeah. It's like colors and yeah. lightning and everything's kind of flashing and he goes right back into that. Like mm-hmm. they set him back in and everything is like a huge like mm-hmm. explosion of like uh, emotion and he yeah. just bends those rubber fingers like they're no tomorrow. <laughs> like there's some sort of weird prosthetic hand that you would oh use for people who've got claws and he just bends it right bends back. Bends around. Fuck, it's funny. That scream sequence is genius because right away you see the carny, right? Screaming because yeah. his fingers are being twisted. Yeah. Then you go to Peyton who's yelling out of rage. Then you go to Julie who is screaming out of shock. Oh, yeah. That sequence is so brilliant. Oh, my God. It's like a trifecta of amazing oh, like, so screams. He, he fucks off. He runs away. Yep. Um, yep. So he runs away. Everything's weird. Uh, Francis McDormand follows him. Yes. So she follows him back to the, the place. Uh, she sort of reaches out to him a little yeah. bit. Tro- wants to get him emotionally connected. He kind of rejects her a little bit. Yeah. So interesting. She goes back to to Strack Enterprises, Strack Industries. Yeah. And confronts Strack and says, "Hey, yep. Louis, we can't be together anymore." So this is where I think there's that confession. Yes. That there definitely was something that happened. Uh, and she kind of leaves this whole thing behind, wants to be supportive of Peyton, yeah. goes back, and the problem is, uh, Robert G. Durant comes in, yeah. and knows now to follow her straight back to where Peyton is. There's a quick quick part we, we, we went over. This is, in between that is when Chinatown happens. Right, okay. Right, and really quick, because it, it's not significant, but it's very funny, yeah. is um, just because uh, uh, Darkman decides to impersonate Robert G. Durant mm-hmm. uh, in order to get him arrested so that he can steal more money from his gang. Correct. But um, the, the beautiful thing is, and I won't go on about this because it's a lovely sequence, but we don't need it, is um, this is where he starts to worry about the voice. Oh, that's so right. He re- oh, he yeah, records Robert talk G talking sure. on the phone, um, talking to somebody who knows, and Robert has this last line in that. He, would, he goes, that would be just fine. 
So then we cut to a scene where Darkman is listening to that line. Right. So over that and over, it's on repeat. over and over, over and over and over. Yeah. And finally he recreates it, right? Which is, and it's not a great recreation, but no. he's like, that would be, and then it, he presses stop just fine. And he has it. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, yeah. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. But I mean, it sort of addresses one of the inherent problems of it, right? Like you can't sound like the guy that you need to. And especially if you're going to negotiate, yeah. you have to have that ability. So they don't really talk about how that happens or what sort of how power that is or his yeah. ability to mimic. Yeah. But it does, it's a solve. Basically, we, we uh, Robert G gets out of jail because he frames him. Yeah. Uh, he gets out of jail, comes to the meet in Chinatown while uh, Darkman is burning his hand. Right. Uh, and um, they they meet in a revolving door. Right. They see each other. That's actually really that. Yeah, that was a, it's a great sequence. Shoot him. No, shoot him. You know? Yeah. Whose little boy are you? Yeah. So it turns out they, he tricks them and runs away. And they this is where they first discover that he has uh, the ability to create these realistic masks. Right, because you see Durant's skin sizzling right. away in the sunlight. That's right. Okay. True. Okay. Now, Julie... Um, we have the carnival scene, yeah. that all happens. Right. She goes distracted to break it off, but she unwittingly reveals that uh, Peyton's alive. Yeah. So Strack then goes Call and Durant tells Durant in. and yeah. says, here's where you find him. Or right. follow her. Follow her. So yeah. she takes them back and Durant doesn't just come like willy-nilly. He comes <gasps> with like a fucking army of dudes. Mm-hmm. And so from there, there's this like huge like chase scenes. And for some reason, somehow... Mm-hmm. Peyton is always about four seconds away from blowing the shit up. Like, mm-hmm. like these missiles and bombs and stuff are just kind of like exploding behind him. And he's running along. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's dodging stuff. And then there's that whole sequence of levity where he's hanging from the helicopter. helicopter. Yeah. And he like yeah. breaks in in the board meeting and like, yeah. excuse, excuse me. Yeah. Whoa. And it then turns farcical it in a way. It does get pretty yucky. It gets weird because he's got some bad lines like, oh, you got to be shitting me. And yeah. stuff like that. It's like, what well, is I wonder, happening? Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's not. That's not uncommon for Raimi, right? Like he likes no. the, he likes a little bit of laughs even in his scary stuff. But it really kind of it was it was it was it just jarring. It, it was, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's also that scene where he's running on top of like the semi and he's oh, got yeah. like the speed yeah. legs like yeah, yeah. You're just like, ah, okay, what? well this is too much. Also, yeah. how much did they like there were so many helicopters in that movie. Like, did the Catalina wine mixer happen the week before so that he got his nut and he got all the rentals done? Because for sure, there was like, it was insane. It was a ton of helicopters and he blew some up. That's yeah. where that budget went. Uh, basically, that's yeah. it. It was all helicopters. It was helicopters. Someone got sucked in by the awesome that's music. That's it, yeah. yeah. You know what needs more helicopters? 80s Billy Joel only. Seriously, you got a little young Michael Bay. Hey, use some helicopters. <laughs> yes. That's going to be big. <laughs> totally. You know? So, anyway, there's a lot of helicopter work. Uh, eventually, uh, on one of the helicopters, there's a dropping down. There's a truck. Yes. They wrap the cord that uh, Darkman was hanging from to the truck. Truck pulls it into a bridge. Helicopter blows up. Durant's Excellent. dead. Yes. So, <clears throat> dead. looking like Durant again, yeah. using the same mask technique that he has before, he goes to see Strack. Yeah. And uh, Strack has Julie now. They've captured. This is from happening before when she was like... Captured as she went to go see Peyton. Yeah. So now they go to this big building and they're going up to look at some of the construction that's happening from Strack Industries. Strack Industries. Yeah. And He's building the uh, um, uh, Avenginator's Tower. Kind of. <laughs> but we talked about this, like the plastic pieces that he uses for his model, they just look like a CD rack. Yeah, it does. Like, look at level 42 there. He's just like, hey, I like these guys. That's my jam. Uh, so, so they go up on top of the building and, and it turns out that Strack yeah. actually worked here with his dad. Yeah. Or worked in these types of buildings and, you know, he's really yeah. confident about jumping around. And he it totally knows that it's not Durant because he talks about his kids mm-hmm. and they're always a good role model to him. And, and you know, 
falls into that trap where he doesn't actually have kids and yeah. so he kind of kind of outs him a bit. Yeah. And then he well, put, his mask shows like battle damage. Yeah. Like the Durant mask is is battle damage. So you can almost kind of go, "Oh, did, did Durant survive?" That would mean that he would have had to leap from this exploding helicopter. <laughs> so it's yeah. Anyway. Well, you definitely know that it's. I always felt like immediately it's. Oh, you know dark, it right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Enough, yeah, I, I just kind of had that sense, but okay. whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's the way that the plot was structured. Is that yeah. it's supposed to be like you don't know if it's Durant or not. Yeah. Well, it worked on me, but uh, apparently, your massive perception there, Ooh. Einstein. Oh, beep boop beep boop beep. <laughs> All right. Inside. Anyway, so he knows okay. it's not Robert. Yeah. <clears throat> and so then he tries to actually get him to come work for him. Yeah. Recognizing Robert's dead, he needs a guy who can be like adaptable and yeah. be a new enforcer. Yeah. And so there's a bit of a proposition that goes on. He offers Julie up, yeah. like on top of yeah. whatever the deal's gonna be. Like you'll she, also she's tied up somewhere. Oh, or screaming away. Yeah. yeah. She's she's absolutely like like Kurgan. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know? ah, your woman. <laughs> not for long. So anyway, yeah. uh, then there's a bunch of like kind of aerial acrobatics and there's like hooks flying around it's there's a rivet gun sequence yeah the rivet gun was wild but i like the sequence and, and i really actually it made me nervous yeah i like that that strack was so comfortable on the high steel because he was like like that was a good sequence where you're like there is tension and he's he's like being really cavalier on the on the girders and stuff like that whereas you know a dark man is is nervous and i think at that point he's unmaxed yeah. Oh no, he is for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's a pretty vanilla villain. Like, so yeah. it's kind of nice to give him one thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I thought it was like it's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so they're they're doing all the riveting and stuff, and uh, <laughs> the riveting. What is this gun <laughs> that launches rivets? Yeah, like, in in incredible speed, incredible distance. Well, and he's like a kind of a sharp shot with it. Like I he's know. like plucking them away. And yeah. anyway, yeah. So uh, then like there's a whole confrontation, and then yeah. uh, basically, of course, they're on a building, so you know someone's going off. Yeah, well, there's a guy there too, and this is interesting. I think Darkman um, has there's a series of hooks that he takes in the face and stuff like that. Right. But yeah. one of the hooks uh, loops around, yeah. uh, loops around the, the um, uh, one of the the other bad guy there and launches him off the building, and that's when we really recognize the Bruce Campbell scream. Oh yeah, God, it was yeah. for sure. There's like a very specific like yeah yeah like that yeah, Campbell does yeah. like for a lot of his like. Um, it's, it's very much an Evil Dead yeah. kind of feel to it. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty yeah. funny. Like I'm glad you pointed it out because once I heard it, I was like, "Oh, oh there yeah. it is." <laughs> yeah, there was no, there was no guesswork there. Uh, so so the henchman's gone. Uh, Julie's in trouble. Yep. Uh, but um, what's his name? Strack manages to pin Peyton's hand to a steel girder with one of the rivets. Yeah. Yeah. And but uh, because of, he can't feel pain, yeah, he's able to kind of push through that. <laughs> There's no blood, but he just rips his hand open, grabs him, and then, yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, and then, oh, and this was a weird sequence. This it f- kind of felt like they were like, oh, shit, we got to end this. You know, because he's grabbed Strack by the foot. He's holding him over uh, a crevasse that, that there's, like, deadly. This is funny. At the bottom of, like, they're on, like, the 59th floor. Yeah. And at the bottom is all this rebar that's sticking up like spikes. Right. It's like, you don't need that. No. Or the tigers. Yeah. Or the tigers. Or <laughs> the, the snakes. Yeah. The sharks. The scorpions. Like what? Excess. So so he's he's got him over and and there's a weak attempt by Strack to go, you won't drop me. Oh yeah. That's not you. 
you don't have it in you. Right. You right, don't right, have right. the guts. And it's like, what has he ever done that's belied that he wouldn't do this? Or how do you know me in any way whatsoever? Any Or maybe he thinks of him as the Peyton that was the old Peyton. Like, if they've done any sort of work on him, maybe. he's the even keel, calm. Yeah. Doesn't see himself that way. Fair. That's one argument. The other argument is that uh, Darkman has systematically destroyed and mutilated his entire crew without hesitation. Right. So... Are you making a leap? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey. fair. So, I mean, again, yeah, he just kind of like, you don't know me. Yeah, that's it. I'm, uh, yeah, you can't live with yourself, right? And he drops him. Oh, I'm learning to live with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things I love about how this wraps up too, so then there's like, so his <laughs> track ties. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this whole like elevator ride down with Julie and they kind of yeah. have a bit of a, of a moment. Yeah. And you think... There's this potential to go, okay, well, they're going to get together now. It's going to well, resolve the whole ready. thing. She is, actually, yeah, surprisingly. Like, yeah. he's a fucking mental case. And she's yeah. like, well, we'll find a way to make it work. And he's yeah. like, I'm not that guy anymore. Yeah. I can't be with you. And I, I've learned to accept who I am. Yeah. I thought that was actually really awesome. Like, it That's was a great cool. choice. It was yeah. a good writing choice, for sure. Yeah, good good sort of journey yeah. for him. So they get to the bottom. Yeah. Uh, it's it's daytime. What I love is all these fucking construction workers are getting ready for their day. And <laughs> and they're just like, all right, another day, another dollar, you know. But nobody's noticed that, like, their This gusher of blood that's coming out of the guy with the It's a new cement mixture technique. No kidding. Anyway, uh, so... It's above my pay grade. That's right. Yeah. So, anyway, Julie's trying to check. Like, he kind of gets down to the bottom and he kind of throws his cape on. And, you know, yeah. you can kind of see him walking away with some sort of skin, but you don't know what the skins look like. Yeah. And he kind of disappears into the crowd and she's checking the guys in the crowd and people kind of turning them around. Yeah. And she never finds him. Yeah. However, further in the crowd, you can see the shot as he's walking away is... Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Oh, a young, handsome Bruce Campbell. Oh, man. Who sort of looks back while the voiceover's going like, uh, you know, I'm a... A power for justice. I can't remember what the oh, word is. But you of, know that he's... But he's dark man now. Yeah. Like he's, he literally says. And they solidly set up the sequels because you were like, here we go. Finally. This like, is going What happened to, to Durant? A world, a franchise. Did Durant die? I didn't see a body. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, they, and they do actually have other movies. And they actually yeah. talked about this a lot too in some of the reviews I've seen where oh, they thought, okay. this is a franchise setup. Yeah. They, they thought to themselves, we've got a property here. We sure. can do something with this. Yeah. Except it always like straight to video and total yeah, shit. Yeah, that's it was okay. The return of Durant and all that shit. Yeah. I've never actually seen no. the subsequent no. films or film films. I think it's two. Okay. Yeah. So. I, I and I don't know if I want to because I've got such. Why would you ruin your memories of the one thing well, with the uh, yeah? This is like watching Highlander two. Like it just I don't want to <laughs> ever ever feel that taint. I love Ross's story about Highlander two. <laughs> About the entire audience when they when, when the oh, planet no. Zeist came up and everybody in the audience just went oh fuck <laughs> well wouldn't you think that immediately like gave up oh there was so much opportunity to do something with that franchise know, and they just fucked it anyway whatever yeah. someone set a fire in your car because it took too long and I got bored <laughs> money please due to popular demand. We have been given the the ever uh, growing task to represent some of the un, underrepresented, uh, and that it takes the form of doing shoutouts to some of those businesses that maybe rely on orators like us to 
bring them to the limelight. Look, I can't, I can't bring myself to do a lot of charity work. Like I love to do it, <laughs> but I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes for lack of time, and other times because I just don't know the business as well. But, mm-hmm. but this I can definitely do. Like we can definitely support some of the quality, quality businesses that are part of the incredible St. Albert community that we, <laughs> that we are adjacent to. And there's so many, and it's funny that they follow a lot of this. Let, well, I was going to say, you know what, we've got like maybe 20 followers total right now that are like consistent <laughs> and yet like a hundreds of businesses that follow us. And I don't know how that just, physics works, but it's definitely true. They are, they are banging down the door. I, I've had to change my phone number twice because it is being flooded with businesses saying, we are suffering. We need help. Can you give us a shout out? I will give you whatever you want. COVID times, you know what? Thank you, Mr. Trudeau. We're doing our part. You yeah. do your part. That's it. Let's make it political. Go back to teaching drama. Am I right? <laughs> Up top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. It was really bad. Uh, so, so we'd like to shout out a couple of these. Sure. Places. Well, who have you heard from this week? Oh, wow. You know what? It's been hard to really decide of the businesses that have chosen <laughs> to allow us to represent them. You know, And so I've had to be careful okay. about who Selective. I choose Selective. Right. That's right. Uh, and so um, one of them is, and uh, I don't know if it really resonated with you, but I'm going to try it again. Let's do it. <laughs> is uh, uh, an amazing uh, business that, um, you know, is relevant in the summer days. Oh, uh, wants we're in to, days. Yeah, yeah, wow. Wants to provide you with everything you need to uh, create a buffet of grilled and barbecued items. Uh, That is replacement grillers. Oh! Yes, yes, barbecue supplies. Um, um, When you need the right kind of gear to chew the fat. Uh, Chow young fat. I was thinking about this. I was like, how am I going to shoehorn that in? (laughs) But nicely done. I was like, how are you going to chow down on some of that young fat? (laughs) It doesn't doesn't work, but yours was better. It doesn't. Um, I I couldn't really (laughs) find a good uh, connection to, uh, what is her name? Uh, uh, Marina Servino? Oh, Mira. Mira Servino, sorry. Yeah, Yeah. but um, replacement grillers. Well, if you have a good vino to go with your... Grill. Grill. Like, I mean, when you... Oh, steak and wine? It's a thing? That does not work either. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, when your barbecue is breaking down, make sure you hire the best replacement grillers. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. What about you? Because, you know what? You, you're more aloof <laughs> in how you hide. Or, or hide. Well, well, how you protect yourself from overworking. So... Oh. How well, did, here's how did the this thing. company now find you? Like, Just, Justin, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you want to have an amazing spa weekend, but just really don't want to spend a lot of money? I hate spending money. I love spas. Everyone does. Here's the great thing. The guys at Weekend at Gurney's take a lot of used (laughs) medical equipment, and they'll set you up. I mean, sure, the, the beds are, like, really uncomfortable, and maybe there's, like, you know, wheels that are falling off, and, you know, it's not really, like, anything at all special in any way, but they'll definitely take your money. Sure. And and if you spend that weekend at Gurney's, you know what? You're going to be feeling like... I should have saved my money. <laughs> and and they guarantee it. Oh, yeah. As a fun added benefit, they'll actually play you music on the Balasset, like a Gurney Halleck <laughs> tune that you can enjoy from Wonderful Dude. Wow. Two Gurneys for the price of one. That's it. I mean, Gurney squared. It's G squared. It's G squared. It's not. Yeah, fun. yeah. You're going to be so relaxed from this spa, you'll think you're dead. You'll think you're dead and until s- people pick you up and animate you. And animate you. And, like and steal your identity. Exactly. Not bad. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah. uh, I will uh, partake. Of Weekend of Gurneys? Of Weekend of Gurneys. Oh, God. 
We might actually make money on this. <laughs> it's pretty good. My money. So, okay. What's your takeaway? So you watch Darkman. What's the thing that you just sort of think to yourself? Okay, great. Um, yeah. Key components of that movie. You know, um, it, it still filled me with excitement. It still filled me with like um, a lot of, of, of and not, I don't think nostalgia per se, but just like, oh, this is fun. And I really enjoyed it. It's dated. It's flawed. I had fun. Yeah. You know, I was very forgiving. And, and believe you me, I have no problem in looking at a property that I watched when I was young and going, I loved it then. I see its cracks now. Sure. Eh, you know? Yeah. So, but I didn't feel that with this. You know? Well, there is cool. such a deep love for this film. Hmm. You, you think you'd ever watch it with your kids? I'd like to. Um, I'm trying to think like, and, and from a dad lens, I'm thinking about the, some of the moments that might be a little difficult to watch. You know? Like, some of the gore, I suppose. Sure. But, well, I know your kids aren't particularly good with scary stuff. Yeah. I mean, Jack seeks it out. Indy's, Indy's actually terrified of nervous social situations. Right. You've mentioned this before. Yeah, that's her fear. There's a lot of awkward in this movie. <laughs> there is. There is. Well, it's more dialogue. But um, I'd like to. I'd like to watch that and just see kind of the reaction. But I guess I guess kind of what you're alluding to is what am I taking away from yeah. this a little bit. Um, you know, and, and, and I guess, um, you know, kind of the... the Biggest things that I'm, I'm taking away from that, um, I guess, and this is easy. This is an easy answer. Okay? Sure. It is, again, is is just the the enjoyment of a really neat uh, serial, a really neat story that you can get swept away in a little bit, whether the evil guys are evil, the, the good guys are good. But really, Darkman's not that good. No. You know, it's funny, like, you, yeah. I think you mentioned this before, too. Like, it's really yeah. about the shadow, right? Like, yeah. Uh, so, Raimi couldn't get the rights yeah. of the shadow. Yeah. decided to write his own kind of serial that was, like, very much leaning into that 30s and 40s kind of serial feel. Yeah. Uh, but he, he brings a more modern, like, take on it, right? Like, yeah. I, like he's not a hero. He's an anti-hero. He yes, does yes. things that a good hero wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. But he's not afraid to cross certain boundaries based on revenge or this, <laughs> like, acceleration of emotions. And maybe that's, like, a... An excuse for him to do what he does. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, it's it's very much like he's driven by things that are probably not the easiest to kind of get, like land on or calibrate on. It's yeah. It's it's an interesting film for sure. It is, and so I guess because of that dynamic, it is hard to pull away really solid like takeaways from it. I guess. <laughs> How are you gonna parent based on dark? Yeah, really is. Um, uh, that wearing a mask is a good way to hide anything uh, deformity. Someone calls you a freak, you fuck their fingers up. Yeah, that's what I'm you, taking you away. Fuck their Do it, just <laughs> yeah. Uh, ooh, okay. ah! what, so what, whatever the injury is to you personally, disproportionately like rain it back rain on your enemy. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? It's it's just to um, uh, appreciate the story. I guess if anything, I guess just how can you enjoy. Like a really um, out of the box kind of story, and and celebrate that it's something that doesn't necessarily follow a lot of tropes because it's it does there is like predictability, but really, like this is kind of setting the stage for stuff where there are uh, these antiheroes and mm-hmm. stuff like that, the Daredevils, the Punishers, the stuff like that. Yeah, right? I mean, in the same vein that there was like Batman was out, he's kind of an antihero depending on like yeah. which variation you have yeah, of him. True, true. But this was even worse. Like yeah. I think, you know, Batman's still kind of a hero in the end. He won't kill people yeah. for one thing. Like that's sort of one of those things that well, he's... 
Keaton kills a lot of people in Batman 2. You should watch it again. Ba- well, <laughs> he does. Batman 2, but not in Batman 1. Like, no. not at this point in time, no. right? Like, there were a lot of people lived. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, and he probably could have done more damage, but he doesn't really do that in the first one. Whereas this, yeah. this didn't stop there. Like, oh. He, when Darkman wanted to kill and he felt like there was reason to, like, and not even just, like, no. kill mercifully. No. <laughs> like, sticking Rick's head out. of I was <laughs> killed in torture. Yeah, he yeah. was more than happy to actually, like, exact very mean-spirited justice. Yeah, so so maybe it's a cautionary tale in a sense. Yeah. Do you think? I, I think that's probably pretty reasonable. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I think um, my takeaway is always, like, I love that Raimi's still Raimi, no matter what. Yeah. <clears throat> like, uh, there probably was, you know, to your point, a lot of studio pressure to maybe make changes or to try to make it more commercially viable or to maybe pull back a little bit on the signature style. Like, yeah. bring it quirky, but don't make it so quirky that it's not accessible. Yeah. Because not everyone's going to know a lot of your horror work, right? That's true. But <clears throat> in this case, while there was some stuff that was toned down, there was very, there was still a lot of Raimi. Yeah. And it, it, that's why, you know, when you're watching it and you're thinking it's still... Uh, awesome or still like relatable and yeah. dated yes but but enjoyable it's because like his stuff is super interesting yeah like it's funny and it's hilarious and it's like he's using old school special effects and he's not trying to make something slick like he's the reverse michael bay yeah like where everything is processed but no substance he's yeah. all about the substance and the execution as opposed to just making a slick product that people can digest quickly and then just sort of spit out and that, that gives it staying power and i give him total credit for that yeah so, so maybe it's it's supporting, um, you know, uh, the the people that you enjoy, and, and celebrating their their sort of flaws and, and yeah, or don't try to be something you're not. Yeah, like very much like own own yourself. I mean, we've talked about this in other sort of some yeah. wrap ups and such, but definitely like be who you are, even if there's going to be some things you have to give away. Never yeah. give away everything. Always be who you are. True to true to what you believe to be tr- like good or it's too or hard satisfying. to be anything else, is it? Pretty much, like it, it always breaks. That veneer is never sustainable. Yeah, well, and maybe that translates to us, and and not just our kids, but just the way that we live. Is is that, you know, be true to yourself, and it's easy to put on a hat, put on a mask, and things like that, and, and really become <laughs> a layer of skin, a layer of skin, a fabricated skin that only lasts ninety nine minutes. Yeah, you know, how often has that happened to you? You know, and stuff like that. It's so right now. yeah, oh, oh my god, <laughs> don't look at me. But um, that will be. No, yeah, <laughs> that'll be. <laughs> Julie. Julie. his delivery is really so awful like brilliant. his accent sucks so anyway, funny but but yeah so so maybe like um really understanding who we are really making sure that we don't try to be anything we're not yeah really make sure that we are honoring um you know uh where we're coming from and things like that i think that that's good and i think that's good observation from yourself you know well, to thanks. make sure that you are uh, you know, uh, just try, try not to be anything you're not. Try not to wear too many hats. Right. And things like that. And yeah. I think you're good at that. Oh, thanks. You know, because you have to wear a lot of hats in what you do. Oh, sure. You know, you have to be the professional in your job. You have to be a, a dad. You have to be a stepdad. You've got to be uh, a brother, a, a husband, and stuff like that. And oh. not gotta, but those are the, the hats that you wear. And I think that you juggle that really well. I oh, think thanks, that pal. that's something that you're very agile in. Oh, that you do. super nice. Yeah. yeah. It's the best. I love you. Well, you know what? I think it's it's your birthday oh. week, really. Yeah. I mean, last week. And so Month? I think. Year? Birthday year? Birthday year. Right. And, and awesome. it's really important that we acknowledge the things that you do well. But oh, there's, there's there's one more thing that I'd like you to acknowledge. Oh, sure. What is it? Well, it's something I want you to do for me. Oh, absolutely anything. Go get your fucking shine bottle. <laughs> This has been Get Your Shine Box with Chris Ham and Tristan Ham. Special thanks to Ross Smith for the intro and outro music, and extra special thanks to three geeky dads. 
a cool podcast with a bunch of cool guys. Please check them out wherever you find podcasts and check us out wherever you find podcasts. Except for Apple. Apple's a bit of a jerk. But everybody else, we're pretty good.